do not compare yourself to other people. I got to tell you, man, like comparison is the recipe for depression. What I care about is connecting with my audience. Podcast Junkies, episode 21. Cheers. Welcome back to Podcast Junkies. If you're a first time listener, this is the podcast I created out of my visit to New Media Expo at the beginning of the year. And I was inspired to speak to other podcasters Uh, Those who've been doing this for a while and those who are just getting started and even those who are aspiring podcasters. I've been having some fantastic conversations. And so if this is your first, definitely check out the entire library, podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes. Today we're speaking with Jordan Agoli and this guy is a master hustler. He not only recently finished up his uh, test for black and passed his test for black belt in karate. He also is the host of the Teenage Entrepreneur Podcast, and recently, on top of all that, just launched his first mastermind, and he's had some signups for that already. So he's kicking ass, literally and figuratively, on all fronts, and it was a pleasure to meet him at Podcast Movement, and uh, an enjoyable conversation, and uh, a lot of fun. So sit back and enjoy. If I'm going to prepare for my political career, then I need to be prepared for skeletons to come out. So <laughs> how exciting that that's the intro to the show. You just said it right there. Uh, <laughs> is it recording? It's always recording, baby. Uh, <laughs> great. I'm glad we're here. Aren't you excited to be here? This is my dream. I've, I've reached the top. Wow. Being on podcast junkies is your dream. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Jordan Agoli. Did I get that right on the first try? You did better than majority of the world. Live from, well, live for us from Los Angeles and Atlanta. Thanks for coming on, man. Dude, thanks for having me. I'm glad we got to finally meet at a podcast movement and yeah, glad that this is happening. Yeah, the listeners can expect a whole bunch of people that I connected with or reconnected with at podcast movement so expect to hear that for the next billion episodes of podcast junkies because that's what happens when you go to live events and you meet cool people yeah i have got a lot of people coming to my show from the pm14 hashtag pm14 (laughs) has hashtag pm15 started already because i see them pushing that I don't know if the hashtag started but i know the it's it's there like it's gonna be happening so i got a feeling it's on your calendar it is, dude. Unfortunately, so as you know, I do karate and and we have our annual summer camp and the date for podcast movement next year is falling on the date that the summer camp was this year. So I hope they don't land on each other because I have to go to karate summer of camp, course. but I want to go to podcast movement to see your, your beautiful face and everybody else. <laughs> so maybe there's a way you can uh, get like a, a, if you could do a, a karate session in, like within podcast movement, maybe you could give a talk about, you know, defending yourself from the world of boring interviews with Jordan Agoli. <laughs> this is obviously making this up on the spot, but work with me here. I like it. I'm, I'm running with it. I got it. So I will try to do that. But that might be a boring talk in itself. No way. <laughs> like drop kicking your podcast to the next level with the, I'm, I'm doing hand motions on the screen so Jordan can see, but I don't have a word for that right now. So, all right. So yeah, you can figure it out. You can make it happen. If the stars align, you can, you're going to do your karate and you're going to do podcast movement. I, I'm actually putting that intention out there right now to the universe and things are going to work out. So I, I love it. I appreciate it. I'm going to make it happen. Done. No matter what. It's going to happen. It's, that's it's it. all about intention. It's done. So karate is important for you, right? Dude, karate is my life. It has been for the last eight years. Obviously, from a mental discipline standpoint, you know, I haven't studied a bit myself. I, I know the importance of when you have that in your life on a regular basis from a fitness perspective. But what's it done for you? And how do you think that's, that it's prepared you for some of the stuff you're going through now? That's a great question, man. I, you know, I started karate, let's see, when I was 12 years old, 19 right now. So yeah, right before my 13th birthday and done it for seven, eight years. It, I, I, I had a lot of anger issues when I, when I first started 
And it really taught me how to like gather my emotions. And when a situation presents itself that I'm, I'm angry and it's taught me a lot how to calm myself. Also, probably the number one thing would be patience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just got my black belt in June of this year. Congratulations. I went in. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's, I went in knowing it was going to take me seven to 10 years to get this. And like the thought of, like, imagine if someone said to you, hey, no one, your, your business isn't going to be profitable for seven to 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you know, you're not going to accomplish this for seven to 10 years. It, it would be tough, but it has just molded me into like my mental strength is, is better than it's ever been because they, dude, they, they beat you down. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I remember, I, I remember some of the, uh, the belt level, um, advances and, and the, uh, the ass kickings you'd have to endure. And I can, and that was only for something like a, like a green. So I can imagine like what, what you had to go through and what you had to prepare. I heard uh, a little bit of your talk with Valerie and you were, you were discussing Valerie Groth and uh, you were talking about the prep and, and all, everything you had to go through when you actually got your black belt. Um, so yeah, I'm, and it's amazing that you are able, you had that experience because talk about setting you up for what you're doing now with your podcast and, and the business that you're starting now. I mean, it's almost like if, if you've been through that, any challenges you face on this end probably feel small in comparison, I would think. Yeah, great point, man. They, they really do. It kind of, you know, the, the beautiful thing. So the name of the school, like it's called Taito. And when we go to the dojo, my sensei always says like, you can leave everything else like in your life out outside of this door. And when you come in here, just focus on karate. And, and I do that. But then when I go out into the real world, I take karate with me and I apply that to everything. So like, like you just said, so if a, something comes up in business related and it's difficult, I just think back to the hell that I was put through to get my black belt. And I'm like, this is easy. Like, cause when, you know, when you're getting beat up and what's harder, probably the hardest thing was actually having to train. So for the, for the listeners out there, for the black belt test, we trained for uh, multiple hours a day, five days a week. I think it was for four or five weeks straight. And, and then we, we had training before that, but getting up each day and doing it again, like knowing the pain we were going to be going through, that it was just mentally draining. Like I, Monday would hit, I'm like, okay, I've got five days and five days in a row of this. So we'd have two hours in the morning, and then we'd have to come back later that night for between one to three hours, and then uh, come on Saturdays at eight a.m. to clean the whole dojo, hmm. and then teach kids. And it, it really taught me a lot of, about staying humble. Yeah, I I I just got the black belt and. Um, Shodan, that's, that's the first degree actually means beginner. So I just did eight years of training and I'm a beginner again. <laughs> that's awesome. So it's humbling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's humbling, but it's cool, man. It's, it really is my life. I met my girlfriend through there. I've my best friends through there. I mean, my whole network in Hotlanta is through, through karate. It's amazing because it, when you think about all the work you had to do, the, the discipline that's required, the mental stamina, the stick with itness. uh, uh, that's necessary. Like literally every single one of those traits are important when you're starting your own business. You know, you, you started your own, your podcast. Um, and it just helps set you up not only for this business and whatever else you're going to do in your life going forward. I mean, it teaches you how you setting you up for success and, and, and also handling failure. And, and that, and, and, and that point about being humble is so important because a lot of times as you grow in life and as you start new ventures you really you're going to get your your ass handed to you on some of these and and you're going to think you know it all um in areas where you're just venturing into um and and then you're going to realize oh i didn't know i didn't know everything i thought i knew um but having the mindset to, to be mentally prepared for that i think is so important and i think you've got a leg up on a lot of people because uh if they don't have that training um they they handle the failures uh pretty pretty difficultly and 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 uh they take it pretty hard and a lot, a lot of times they don't recover and then they just figure that they, they failed and that, and maybe it just wasn't for them. It, it, 
you, you know it better than I do, <laughs> but the failure part is huge. So to give you an example, the, so we have a national tournament every year and there's, there's three parts. There's grappling, there's jisen, which is the sparring. And then there's a thing called a hoke, which is like the kata, which is all the movements put together. And, uh, the last four years, one, one tournament, Actually, no, I even missed that one. I, I missed half of it because I was injured, but I could do the, the hokey part. All four years, I have lost to the same guy. Starting the first time I lost, I was 17. He was 12. What? And, yeah, yeah. So he, so I, dude, I lost to a 12 year old in the championship. So every year I've gotten second place in this. And, and he just keeps getting better, right? And I, Oh, he's incredible. Like he he's no doubt better than me. The only year that it was close was the first year. Now, now he's kicking my ass. I love the guy and it's funny because we're good friends. Like we compete really hard and and we promised each other we'd get our black belt together and we actually got the test with one another, which was cool, but he dude, he's 5 or 6 years younger than I am. I mean, I think he just got into high school. So like I've been losing to a middle schooler Every single year, you want to talk about humbling and failure. Uh, it it's tough, man. And and, and I, w- I got to the championship each time, yeah. and then lost. And the worst part is when when they judge you, there's three black belts sitting in front of you with white and red flags, and then they point to the side of the person that wins with the flags. And each year, <laughs> it's I see those flags go away from me. But it's taught me to even though I lose, to get back up and go at it again. In one year. I got second place in all three events, which other people might think is great. I don't care about <laughs> like what's the movie? It's like if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that? But it, you know, it's hard when you when you train like that. And this year, I finally got first place in one of the events after like four years of doing it and losing each time. So it's it, it teaches me a lot about even learning from a failure and. And really, when, when you learn a lesson from it, it's not a failure. You can just get better. But I get to look back and see the videos of, of how I've improved. And But then this year, I got my ass handed to me in the championship fight. I'll, I'll Actually, I'll send you the video for the show notes page. <laughs> I did the dumbest kick, man. I did a, like a 360 sidekick. And as I did it, this guy did a sidekick right to my stomach, oh. knocked me, I swear to you, three feet in the air. And then I hit the ground. And for our kind of fighting, you win by a point system. So even though I got back up and I was ready to fight, he got a full point and automatically won. And that was the championship match in front of a, like over 100, 150 people. And I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> That's amazing so. because, um, yeah, it's, I, I don't think that first place would have been as sweet if you hadn't gone through all those second places. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm literally at my wits end trying to figure out how I can get, you know, what is the missing piece? Cause it, you feel like you're so close. Cause it's not like you're coming in seventh or eighth or anything like that. You are, you can touch first place. You can just reach out and touch it. It's so close. <laughs> and you're like, what's the one thing I'm doing wrong? And, and it makes you like fine tune, like as, as well as you're performing. Cause I'm, I'm sure that you're performing at a peak level to just even get to second is amazing, but it makes you think about what are the things that I could tweak just slightly um, to find that one formula that maybe gets me, uh, pushes me over the edge to give me that first place. And so it's, it's always keeping your mind active, which is awesome. It is, man. And it's never settling. I, you're, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be the best. In fact, you know, it's, it's nice to, like in a tournament, it's whoever is the best that day. Like, I don't, let's say if I got first place in something, I still don't think I'm in the best at, at that specific technique or whatever. I just happen to perform the best that day. So I, I like, you know, having people above me to always strive towards and, and go towards and, and try and, uh, and try and beat. But one thing that's always stuck with me, my sensei says, he's like, if, uh, the training starts when you feel the pain <laughs> and, and I love that because whenever I'm challenged or I feel the pain is when I'm growing the most. Mm-hmm. And I mean, dude, that can be applied to podcasting, to, to business. I mean, I know probably for you too, the first time behind the mic, I was nervous <laughs> as hell. Yeah. It's tough, no, man. Everyone is. Yeah, definitely. Hate, everyone wants to erase their first 10 episodes. It's like, oh man, I sound like that. Yeah. I know. I actually listened to my first episode today. 
again after like seven months of not listening to it and I cringed. I turned it off. I was like, this guy sucks. I was like, this is me? Wow, wow. no one should listen to this show. <laughs> yeah, there's so many an- analogies um, that you can, you can come up with uh, with what you've gone through with your training to put you in the right mindset. And I, everything I think you've done put, has put you in a position to succeed, especially that piece of always uh, striving um, and understanding that you can always do better um, and surrounding yourself with people that are better than you is so important. Yeah. It's so important because you can take that in any aspect of life. Um, you never want to be like the best guy in the room because then you're like, who's going to be the one that's going to teach me something here? Who's going to be the one that I'm going to learn from? Who's going to be the guy that has that move that I've never seen? Like, it's not, it's not going to happen because you're, you're, you know, everyone sees you as the best and, and you're the one dominating everyone. And it's almost like at that point that you have to get out of there. You have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to get into that room where you're like, you know, not, maybe not the worst, but at the bottom and you can just see up at all these people that have these different skill sets. Um, and it's like, wow, this guy speaks so well, or this guy does awesome presentations or, you know, this guy's website looks killer and all that sort of stuff. And you just sort of like learn from the masters, if you will, and then just continue to move up, continue to level up. It's true, dude. And that's, that's what I've tried to do a lot recently in my life is like <clears throat> take each aspect of life and find someone that I not only, that's not only better than me in it, but that I, that I respect and then just surround myself with them and be like, Hey, how can not necessarily be like them? Cause I want to be my own person, but, but do the, do the thing like them. Yeah. And I think that's an important takeaway for, for, uh, you the listener if if you are if you see someone like that in your group where you feel like you're stronger than that person you should pay attention to that because that per- you could be a mentor to that to that person you know mm. don't don't be don't assume that you just you're there your purpose in life is just to show everyone how awesome you are you could really use that opportunity to give back and say this per- I, I was in that seat once you know i was where that person was once you know let me let me stick a hand out to this person lift them up and teach them everything i know you know a lot of times these, these folks or these gurus, you know, whatever you want to call them, they keep all the information. It's like, they're like the holders of information and they just don't share it. And they just want to like show everyone how much knowledge they have. And I think if more people took that, took on the mentor role, um, I think it would be much better and, and we'd just be teaching people much faster. It's true, man. I mean, I, I haven't had the opportunity to mentor many people. I've given advice on things, but I know people that have mentored me have said, Hey, you know, I know I'm mentoring you, but I learn a lot just by mentoring. Yeah, exactly. Just, just through the whole experience. So it's, it's beneficial for both people. Yeah, that's a good point. So do you, we're going to shift gears now. We're going to start talking about your show. Um, and I'm curious when, when you, when you thought, when it bubbled up on your radar, um, that this is, was it just as a, as a consumer early on in terms of podcasts that, uh, you found you were getting like valuable information and and someone like put you onto this medium? Yeah, man, I, I discovered the podcasting world less than a year ago and, and my eyes opened to the golden gates. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was cool, man. I, I actually never, I never understood what a podcast was because I had heard about them in like middle school in high school, but all they ever were were like really bad history lessons that <laughs> my teachers showed us. They're like, "Hey, go on and download this podcast," and I'm like, "I no, yeah. no." So then when I heard about them again, I was like, "Oh, there's more information than history on podcasting. This is incredible. Let me go check it out." And I'm trying to remember the the first person I listened to. I think it was uh, Srini Rao. You know the the uh, keynote speaker yeah. from Podcast Movement. I saw, I saw his show and then I was like, you can make money from a blog. There's, there's money online. I mean, I knew there was, but he's just talking. This is incredible. And from there, man, I listened, let's see, Srini and then Pat, obviously Pat Flynn, uh, discovered John, John Dumas. And then another guy named Chase Jarvis. He has a show probably every six to eight weeks. Listen to him. And just started listening to people, man. I my girlfriend lives in Athens, or Athens, Georgia, and the drive from Atlanta to Athens is about an hour and a half. So I could fit in two episodes or one long episode. Yeah, man. So I just I just discovered it through that way. And the main 
the idea kind of came about because I started my first business when I was 14 and I, I go, going through that entrepreneurial journey up until late last year, I never had like a strong community of people to turn to for support. And, you know, my, my mom, my father is an entrepreneur. My parents are very uh, business minded. They've been a major support and, and played a huge role in my career. Uh, I had my business partner who's a year older than me, but other than that, there really wasn't anyone. In fact, I had a lot of opposition. So where was the, where was the opposition coming from? Everyone, (laughs) truthfully, uh, everyone around me was a lot of it came when I decided not to go to college and, and pursue business ventures. Dude, I had, it was a war. It (laughs) was such a war. I mean, family members, uh, close friends. It was, it was a tough time for me because every person I talked to, I'd have to justify my reasoning. So that was difficult. And also people just not being able to relate to me, uh, friends not understanding, Hey, I can't hang out. I got to work. I got to, no one, no one really understanding. So it was, it was a tough time. I felt lonely during it. And then what, I, what, uh, I what type of business was, was it? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. When I was 14, we started a pressure washing business and then we transitioned into landscaping and landscaping is, so we grew that to about 20 employees, me and my friend. And then we had about 120 weekly clients. And then we did a large landscaping jobs, um, every, every month. So man, I learned a lot about managing employees and and customer relations and sales and things Hmm. of that nature. 20, 20 employees is no joke. Dude, and here's something funny was that we did not prepare. Well, I'm sorry. We, we didn't know it was going to blow up like it did. We, January of 2013, we sat down and we did some marketing strategies. And then it, it grew like 350% in, in six months. And we just had to keep onboarding people. And... I had like some of my older brother's friends started working for us. <laughs> that must have been weird, right? It it, it was because you know I, I remember being a little kid trying to hang out with them, and now I'm their boss. I'm like, so <laughs> yeah, that's it funny. Was, it was funny, but I I loved it. You know, my partner is great with financials, okay, and and kind of, and he is great with design and kind of like the, the product side of the company. And I was great. Did you guys have like a, a cool name? Of the company? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, let's see. The pressure washing. <laughs> totally, putting, oh, totally, totally putting you on the spot here. Dude. So my, oh gosh, I, I cringe when I think of the stuff we did. So the first... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Remember, remember, so you said, remember you said nothing was off limits. So, Dude, nothing's off limits. So the name of the company for pressure washing was JD Pressure Washing. And the reason being, my first name's Jordan and his name is Daniel. That's <laughs> so original. JD Pressure Washing. And then we named it, wait, 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 wait for, for it. it. <laughs> Dunwoody Pressure Washing. <laughs> That's almost just as good. Almost just as good. And then the, the landscaping. So he actually moved into landscaping before me. So he started that himself and I came on a little bit later. The name of that company was Ryder Lawn and Landscaping, his last name. Okay. And I'm noticing a trend here. So you're noticing a trend. Yeah, man, not, not creative yeah. names, but whatever. I met we, uh, so okay so now now I'm, I'm just gonna keep putting you on the spot because it's fun. Dude, this is great. <laughs> so Do if it. you were starting the business now and you like know everything you know about your avatar and branding and all that sort of stuff, and someone said oh, I want to start a pressure washing business and and you're like oh, uh, you, well, here's some suggestions for a name. So you got to give them like a snazzy, catchy name for a pressure washing and landscaping and or landscaping business. What would it be? Dude, you've got the best questions. This is fun. Um, so there's, there's two sides to this coin because I've actually thought about going out and starting a, a pressure washing business again because it's actually – knowing what I know now, there's, there's really high profit margins and it's, I personally enjoy it. So obviously, there's a lot of companies out there with one, one name like Apple, uh, Comcast, Verizon, all these things and you automatically know what they are. I like the one name companies whereas 
you don't know what the service, like if, if it's, I, I don't, I can't think of a name off the top of my head, but you wouldn't, like if it's one word, you wouldn't necessarily know it's pressure washing. Yeah. So if you want to stay in the city that you're in, like don't worry, pressure washing fits because that'll pop up on Google, that that'll be good for people knowing what they are. But to counter that, there's a company, it's a landscaping company called Brickman. So off the top of my head, if I heard Brickman, I would think they uh, have, they build bricks. They do something with bricks. <laughs> it's something with bricks. But they are the largest landscaping company in the world. To put in perspective, they handle all of the Olympic contracts for the grass. Wow. So yeah, dude, they're, they're no joke. But they, I think their revenue last year was like $4.6 billion. This is grass, by the way. This is landscaping we're talking about here. $4.6 billion from grass. So it's kind of two sides to the coin. I would actually go with the one name and just build that brand because let's say, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Let's say you want to build this pressure washing company into a national brand. Well, it's no longer going to be Dunwoody Pressure Washing. Exactly. You got to think big. You got to think long term. So I would go... You know, dude, what if you named it Pressurized? Like, or how about Flow? Perfect. Flow. That sounds, dude, cool. So I'm going to take that. I'm yes. Take that name. And, then the, and then the Flow podcast to follow soon after. So The Flow podcast, the best ways to pressure wash your driveway. Um, yeah, Flow. I mean, yeah. Three different. And the other three, good thing is, man. Yeah, yeah just like uh, three different hoses you can use to pressurize pressurize your windows in hard to reach places. I'm literally making this up. I have no idea what the hell you would talk about on a pressure washing podcast. Let me tell you why that would be so good. Because you build that out, then you make some blog posts, and then you're going to start ranking uh, in Google when people type in pressure washing stuff. Yeah. So. It's great, man. I, I, I nerd out when it comes to pressure washing equipment because it's the first thing I started in. So, so it, it, holds, it holds a special place in your heart. It does. It does. Whenever, whenever I drive by uh, a trailer that has, like a truck and a trailer that has pressure washing, I'll try and take a picture and send it to my, my former business partner. <laughs> that, is, that is nerding out. But yeah, it's, uh, that's how you got your start. So, so your next, so we talked about how you transitioned from that. You started listening to podcasts and at some point you had this crazy idea that uh, you might want to do your own. Yeah. So I realized that no one was filling the space of entrepreneurship for teens. And I was like, well, if it's not there, then I just got to create it. And I actually got hung up on what I wanted to do the show on because I didn't want to interview teen entrepreneurs. And the reason why is truthfully, man, you know, we don't really know a lot. Like, just to throw, and I'm going to include myself in that. I don't believe we can add, like, provide a tremendous amount of value to people. But what we can do is I can interview successful entrepreneurs to help the teenagers. So people actually got confused because the name of the show is Teenage Entrepreneur. Yeah. They're like, oh, do you have teen entrepreneurs on there? I'm like, no, because we mostly suck. But so now we're going to, so now all, all my, Teenage contingent. I don't know that there's any. They're going to be like, no, man, we started our own businesses too, man. Jordan's all wrong. <laughs> no, let me, dude, I, I, to all you teen entrepreneurs out there, I'm right there with you. But let's be honest with ourselves. We don't know a lot. That's just the way it is. And we need to learn from other people. Now, I, I am just giving everybody a hard time. I, I have had teen entrepreneurs on the show okay. and they they do provide a lot of value and it's a lot of fun. And I'm sure, and I'm sure wanted, they're teen, those are teen entrepreneurs that are kicking ass, right? Yeah, no, they they are definitely kicking ass. But my my thing is that I wanted older entrepreneurs to come on and give advice to the younger entrepreneurs. That's that's the whole concept of it. But then going deeper than that is I wanted to build a online community of younger entrepreneurs just to connect with one another. And dude, I am happy to say that I launched the mastermind and I've got, I've had people sign up all like, I, I literally just launched it. I took, so I took applications. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Let me, let me take a step back. <laughs> so for this listener, you can, you can see the excitement on Jordan's face as he talks yeah. about this, which is pretty awesome. 
I'm I'm jumping around because I'm so excited about this. Okay, let's let's let me run, let me run it in a bit. So you, we we're talking about how you're just getting started with the podcast because you're essentially what you're saying is you're being the voice of the teenage entrepreneur, and you yes. figure that if you're the host, that your listeners, your teenage uh, teenage listeners, teenage uh, struggling wannabe aspiring entrepreneurs will listen to you and then say, well, this guy is in, in my age bracket and he, he probably is going to be asking some of the questions I have and it's, and he's gone through some of the same challenges I have and we've got the same interests. So I can relate more to someone like Jordan because, uh, you know, because I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager as well. You summed it up perfectly. You want to just take over the show? Because that, <laughs> no, that's, that, that describes it perfectly. So that's what I did. I, I basically just became the voice for everyone representing those younger entrepreneurs that don't have access to mentors and bringing on a variety of different guests to get advice. And so I launched the show and I told myself, okay, give it six months to build that audience, to build that community. And then you're going to do what you wanted to do from the beginning, build this online mastermind. So then in the, in the summertime, I threw out a, a, uh, an application, like a, an application you had to fill out. And it was a long application because I, I really wanted to cut out all the BS people that are just talk and don't really want to, to help one another and really make something happen. And I had a great response. I, people from over 10 countries responded. And it took me a little while to get it set up because I had my black belt test mm-hmm. and different traveling. But did that. And then I had to go through all the applications and, and pick who made it and who didn't. And I, I sent it out actually on Monday of, of this week. And my goal was to get 10 people to sign up. And so far, I think I've had five or six people sign up for it, man, which is great because yeah. it's exactly what I want right now. Uh, and it's the first way I've monetized it. So it's 35 bucks a month. And dude, I could, I could not be more happy. And I'm, you know, people listening, like five or six may not seem like a big deal, but I, I personally believe when you ever, you start something, start it so small so you can refine it and make it the best it can be. And then open it up to a hundred people, 200 people. Cause if you start off with 200 people and it sucks, you're going to have so many angry emails and a hell of a lot of refunds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, but, that, there's so many lessons learned there. And first off, congrats. I'm super, you know, you, super proud of you. I know, know, know we've only known each other for a short period of time, but I'm really proud of you, of your, your, uh, motivation of your just drive and having that as a goal, as something you wanted and you knew for a while that you wanted to get done is really inspiring. Um, and and it ha- has to be inspiring for the listeners. And the fact that you pulled it off on top of getting your freaking black belt is just amazing as well from a, from a um, just time management perspective and, and getting your priorities straight. I'm sure a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff probably had to be pushed off to the side as you had these two competing things yeah. working. It did, man. Actually, like teenage entrepreneur, the brand itself had to get pushed on the back burner during the, those two months of training because I, I've got my full time. So I, I work full time for a marketing company. Um, I actually work for the guy that mentored me in my businesses. I, I love him and I, and I want to learn from him and he offered me a great job and I took it cause I just want to learn this new skill set of marketing. And then I had karate. So I had the three things in my life, work, karate, and then the, uh, the podcast. And I, and I sat down, I was like, you know, still upload a weekly episode, but I'm going to have to take a step back. So it actually, the, the, uh, mastermind, the mastermind name is creative rebellion. Hmm. And Hey dude, it, it, it launched like a month and a half later than I wanted it to. But I ended up just looking at my life and saying like, you know, you accomplished your black belt, you got that and you can't neglect your priorities at work. So that actually did have to go in the back burner as well as, and not getting to hang out with people that I wanted to spend time with. It's, and staying up late, man, like this past week, I was up to like two or 3 AM each day, uh, reading emails, responding, but it's that good kind of stand up. Like, yeah, I, of course, it was worth it. Yeah, you, you've got this buzz because you're working on this stuff. And, and it's almost like you keep working to the point where you just like fall asleep out of ex- sheer exhaustion. Yes. <laughs> and I started like typing weird things. I was like, I should probably go to bed. <laughs> that, uh, that name for the group is 
Awesome. Freaking awesome. I love it. Creative Rebellion. There's, I see the logo already with it and it's just pops. Like even when, just when you, when you say it, I had, I had another, I had, I had another suggestion for a name for the group. You, you could have called it Jordan's Mastermind. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> no, you don't think so? Um, um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, not feeling. feeling it. You know, people that have the name of, of the, I just not. Yeah. Okay. It, oh, I, I gave it a sh- <laughs> I've learned, I've learned from past mistakes. That's good. But, That's good. Dude. So the name actually, I got, so actually the uh, original name was teenage entrepreneur mastermind group. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you threw, as if the three words weren't enough, you, you threw group in at the end. <laughs> I swear to you, dude, when I started talking about it, it was a mouthful and what else? I, yeah. I, and every time I talk about it, I was like, please, someone give me a name. And then I made a video about it. I was in the car and I just, I was like, please, somebody help me. The names they came up with were terrible. Yeah. And then one day I was sitting down and I'm a, do you like Star Wars? Yeah, Star Wars yeah definitely. Okay. I love Star Wars and I went through and I rewatched all of them and obviously the Rebel Alliance in there. And I was like, you know, I want, I kind of want this to be a rebellion, like against, against other business advice. I want to create this strong group of people and I wanted it to be extremely creative. So I just, I landed on creative rebellion. I checked if the domain was available. So I bought creativerebellion.me. And I didn't even ask anyone about their opinion. I just, I emailed people. I was like, hey, you're accepted to Creative Rebellion. Do you like the name? <laughs> and and I, the thing is, I don't care if people don't like the name. No. Actually, it, everyone loves the yeah, name. Yeah, of course. Cool. It's amazing. And the fact that it, like you took a, uh, a bit of your life experiences, the things that you are passionate about, that you're a fan of, and you've kind of mixed it all together and, and you, this thought process that I just saw you work through and describe as you were coming up with the name just makes it have that much more resonance and, and it just makes it more sticky because it's something that you, you created yourself. Even the name itself was a creative endeavor, which uh, makes it that much more fun. Do you have any ideas for the logo? Because I don't have one. <laughs> well, we can put it out to listeners and uh, maybe you'll just have to make another video and just say, hey, hey guys, I, now I need a logo. I do need a logo. I actually, <clears throat> I'm, I use 99designs for my Teenage Entrepreneur logo, but I'm going to use Fiverr for this logo. Like I want to I see how good of a logo I can get for five bucks. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, then I'll probably use 99designs. I think you know the answer to that one. <laughs> I mean, well, it, I'm going to test it out. Well, why, don't you, but, why don't you do stick figures to start and just take it from there? <laughs> hey, man, stick figures might work. It, it might be funny. But, but I mean, it's, it's, it's the, it, I mean, you could probably look at some Star Wars drawings and yeah. and then it's like there's something happening because it's a rebellion. So it's like a pushback against the status quo, right? And it's, you know, that's um, the, the dark side coming to like derail you from your fantastic ideas and getting your business off the ground. So there's probably got to be some like motion in, in, in the, in the logo. Um, maybe some lasers. What about having like two lightsabers, like hitting one another and then creative rebellion underneath? That would work. Or one of them could be a microphone and then the other one could be something else. Yeah, no, that's great. Actually, Cool. I'm going to run with this. I already know the girl. That, I do have a friend that's an incredible uh, artist and she draws it all out first. So awesome. All right. Remind me to get this done and we'll have it in the show notes page as well. Yeah. You have uh, 30 days from the date this goes live to show something or else it's going to have egg all over your face. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Yes, sir. No, yeah, no pressure. No. You put the pressure on me today, man. That's what you've been doing. Better make sure you bring in your A game here. Dude, of course, it's podcast junkies. I only bring my A plus game, but yeah, man, uh, the mastermind, creative rebellion, got that, and what? Yeah, so it's you know that's what I'm really going to be focusing on. I've got the podcast, and I man, I love I love doing these interviews. I really want to do in person interviews more. Like I, you know, we're on Skype right now, and I get to see your beautiful face <laughs> and sexy hair, but. I want to be in person with you. Like I'd love to yeah. just be sitting next to you doing this. So focusing on that a lot more, doing some more interviews with uh, businesses around the Atlanta area. <clears throat> and 
just I'm going to refine the the mastermind group, man. I I really I want to grow this to where it's it becomes well known. Like people say, oh, did you get accepted to Creative Rebellion? Mm. Like years from now, yeah. Have this be a, a huge group of people, and then have those people go on to do epic stuff. Yeah, and be like yeah, we we did this together. So. That's that's the focus right now, brother. It's like, yeah, are you a member of the of, of the rebellion? And they're like, and you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have a secret handshake. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Freemason style. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the whole like um, that's been bubbling up, bubbling up for me lately. The concept of in person. I'm actually working with some partners here um, who are building out a studio in downtown Los Angeles, and um, I'm gonna probably take part in that and help them. Um, rent out one of the spaces that's going to be solely for podcasting. And so I'm, I'm, test, I'm, I'm testing out some pricing models. And uh, if anyone's listening and interested, just uh, hit me up. But uh, I'm, I'm going to be signing up some people early on and giving them a, a really good deal on the rentals. But I think there's always, and it's not for every, every episode, obviously, because some people do solo shows and some people just are chatting with friends and, and a Skype call is fine. But a lot of times, if it's, a, if it's an important guest, if it's a guest you've been working hard you know, for months to try to get on, online you know, and, and they happen to be in your town or they're coming through your town, if you can get them um, in person, there's just a completely different dynamic. You know, part of the reason I like doing Skype videos, even though it's going to be an audio podcast, is just to get the interaction of, of looking at you as well face-to-face. Yeah. And you can just you know, multiply that even more, that effect even more when you're in, in the room with the person, body language and all that sort of stuff. So I'm really uh, up on the idea. And I think uh, for important guests for just special topics or you want to do a two or three parter, you can knock them all out in one session and you don't have to have the person, you know, try to keep coming on for different Skype, uh, Skype sessions. I completely agree. And adding to that, also, like an important guest, you want to have audio quality be top notch. And I had a guy, his his company was number 14 on the Inc. 500 list and had him on and it was only a 20 minute interview. Great, great content. But the audio, the audio just wasn't good because he's not in the podcasting realm. Yeah. So it was on his phone. But like, so, you know, it's again, it's not the end of the world. But when you've got some really important guests coming on, you want people to be able to to hear them and want to listen to the audio. Yeah, one suggestion there. I've seen it. Um, I know that Andrew Warner from Mixergy had uh, he put together this great infographic one time. I got to look it up, but it was it was something that he would send to his guests, or, th- or it was for podcasters to notify their guests of, just to give them a heads up. And especially as we start to talk to people who are not in our world, I I have the benefit of talking to other podcasters. So 90, yeah. 99 times out of a hundred, they've got, they've got the mic and they've got the, yeah. the, the, the setup. The- yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> lucky that way. So as someone was pointing out to me, uh, in, in an earlier interview, but I can imagine where you're dealing with someone who's never done this. Um, so sometimes you just give them a, a quick checklist and say, Hey, check your, you know, check your lighting, make sure like you don't got the washing machine running, just silly stuff like that. Turn off the fan on your, your, your laptop. If you can, if you if you got an external fan or something like that, just all these little things that, uh, I still catch myself doing. And sometimes it's just as easy to have, it's just as simple as having a whiteboard of, of things to tech, uh, tick off from your end. And then you could send that same sort of list to upcoming guests, you know, just tell them, Hey, if you're going to be doing more interviews, there's a, there's a, uh, an ATR 2100 on Amazon for 50 bucks, you know, it'll make you sound like a million bucks, you know, just might want to invest uh, in that. Yeah. Now th- that's actually a fantastic point. And it's funny cause I saw someone have a checklist very recently and I was like, I need this checklist. I was like, they are, they are one upping me right now. Cause I don't have a damn checklist, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to get one of those. Yeah. You just learn as you go. So what's the, the feedback been? Because obviously being a, a fellow podcaster and we all, love to hear feedback, uh, comments, good and bad, because it's almost like validation that people are listening. Um, it was awesome being in podcast movement, as I'm sure you can attest to having people yeah. make comments about the show or, or just, you know, just in general to, to get a feel that, you know, even if one person is listening, you're just like, well, I'm, I'm talking to that one person. And, um, how has your feedback been as you've grown the show? Well, <clears throat> You know, I, I've learned that do not compare yourself to other people. 
I got to tell you, man, like comparison is the recipe for depression because I, I would look at other people's download numbers and I'm like, oh, I'm not there. What? Why am I not getting thousands of downloads? But I've cut all that out because I don't care anymore. What I care about is connecting with my audience and my audience is so much smaller because first off, it's the teenage community, like really 18 to 24, but the younger community mm-hmm. and not many people care about business and entrepreneurship and those that do maybe not are going to listen to a podcast. So I've got a really small niche, but man, I've had such heartfelt emails and, and comments. And actually, great question you asked, and I'll, and I'll read something that a, um, a fan of the show sent me this morning. Uh, he said that he just listened to a previous episode of mine, and it's one of the best interviews I've heard you do. You were so in control of that conversation and guided it really nicely. Props to you. Your interview with him was incredibly encouraging because with many of his responses, he reinforced what I believe to be true. And, and he went on and it was just, it was like, wow, that's awesome. my whole, my whole, like I'm reaching my goal. I came, I came in and I was like, if I can have listeners hear their guests and, and hear, oh, wow, this person had it rough when they started. This guy had to wait tables while building his public speaking business, which a, a very well-known guest did. That'll inspire other people Yeah, because that guy that messaged me, he's building up his public speaking business. And he's like, wow, Grant Baldwin, this world-renowned public speaker, had to wait tables when he first started. That means I can do it too, and I can be successful. So, man, I'm very, very, very appreciative and so thankful for just even one person listening. And each time – like I'll go into Libsyn, and I'll realize, wow, that – like that's uh, uh, people taking the time out of their day to make me the most important thing. Like if they're listening to me, they're putting aside – Everything, man. Yeah. You're putting aside everything. There, and, you're and, you're, yeah. you're occupying, you know, as uh, I think, I forgot who said it, it might have been Cliff, Raven, Cliff Ravenscraft, but you're occupying the space between their ears, right? And it's so intimate, especially when you got these earbuds on um, and you listen to these shows. I mean, it's almost, it's like the person is talking to you, you know, it's, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times you're by yourself, you're walking your dog, you're going out for a run, you're going hiking, you know, you, you're cooking in the kitchen, whatever it is. And it's almost like, wow, this person is talking to me. Um, and that's why I, I always try to at least give a shout out to the listener, because I, I think without them, you know, you would lose grasp of who it is you're doing for. And, and, uh, and one great tip from Dave Jackson, the school of podcasting gave is, you know, you, what you do is you, you cut out the picture of the person, you know, you take one of the, someone that's, you think is your ideal listener and you put it on your wall. And then when you're Dang. doing these solo shows or something like that, you just like looking at that person, you're like, Hey Jordan, I'm talking to you. Um, I'm really happy you're here. Hey Michael. Hey Chris. Hey James, you know, Hey, whoever, you know, the person is that, 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 um, made that comment as well. I mean, the fact that you referenced it, you know, we given them, them a shout out, um, whenever I hear, I've heard my name mentioned because I've asked the question on a show or have submitted a review and it, you know, maybe it strokes your ego a little bit, but, but it's nice to hear people like talk about you, um, and really feel like they're talking to you directly and giving you some mm-hmm. guidance based on the question that you asked. So I think it's just super important to always keep that in mind. And dude, that's, I am going to do that. I'm going to actually print out these pictures. I can't, I can't wait for one of them to actually walk into my room and be like, is that my photo on the wall? <laughs> You're a stalker. No, but that's, that's great, man. I'm totally going to take that. Yeah. Or and, even the, the iTunes reviews, you know, print out the text, even if you're not reading, if you, even, even you can't see the words, the fact that you know that on that piece of paper is written a comment that was directed to you because of this yeah. show that you built and you put together and you reached someone and you've had an interaction with someone that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't done this, if you hadn't decided to, to put this forward. Actually, I, one thing I have done is I, um, I have a little folder in, in my iTunes, uh, my uh, Mac desktop and it's called milestones. And anytime, like anytime something big has happened, first hundred likes on the Facebook page, first hundred downloads, yada, 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 I'll screenshot it and put it in there. And now I've started to take positive comments, positive emails, and I put them in there and I do that. So when I have a bad day, I go and I read it and I'm like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Cause dude, everyone has those downer days and, yeah. but I'm, I'm going to start doing the picture thing as well. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's great. And, uh, 
that's that was one of the other benefits of going to the the conference um just to meet those meet the your your one or two fans and and just yes. you can just multiply that by the people who weren't there obviously so um so I'm great to hear that you've gotten good feedback and I think that feedback is just going to increase does it are you continuing to push yourself in terms of guests like who you want to have on the show definitely and in fact um podcast movement is what really reignited that fire. And it's, man, now more than ever, I am, I, it's, I feel very clear in what I want to bring on, like bring from each episode. And I have started emailing a lot more top-notch guests. I interviewed Seth Godin to come on the show and he responded in eight minutes to my email yeah. with a big, big fat no, but, <laughs> but he still responded. And that's the first step to getting him. But yeah, man, I, I'm shooting for, for some larger guests. I actually, the founders of Home Depot live right by me. Hmm. And I am not going to stop until I get them. Like <laughs> I, will, I will not stop this show until I get them because Home Depot is one of my favorite companies. And those, those guys, not like they've added, I mean, you've lived in Atlanta, yeah. man. Uh, Arthur Blank owns the Falcons, major part of Atlanta, and then Bernie Marcus started the Georgia Aquarium. Yeah, like they have had a major impact, and I know they could provide a ton of value. And so I've got some some big name guests, but I also am really enjoying the flows of the interviews and and just what's coming from it. It's funny how the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? It is, man. It's you know. And then the times, and I can imagine this has happened to you. I've had some pretty, actually, I don't know if it's happened to you because you interview podcasters, so you are lucky. I was going to say you might have had some bad guests, but everyone that you've interviewed interviews people, yeah. so they get it. But man, I had a guy on my show recently. He started this organization that I, I freaking, I love it. And I email him. He's, he's written a best-selling book. I email him. He comes on the show. I'm so pumped up. Dude. I know I can't cuss, but just imagine cuss words I could you say. You can cuss on this show. Of course you uh, can. <laughs> well, I can't even think of a mean enough term. No, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. But I just got, man, I was just, I was so, I was actually kind of da- like hurt about it. Yeah. Like he comes on and doesn't give a shit about anything. It's almost like a kind of a pompous, like, I don't, I'm better than you. I don't need to be on this show. Mm-hmm. But that's the name of the game. Yeah. I've learned. Um, and what I've tried to do to the detriment of me having like a constant flow of guests and, and, you know, as the regular listener will know, um, I've missed weeks and I think I, I'm just trying to hold myself to a high standard in terms of having a conversation that I'm comfortable with and, trusting that I'm going to be bringing on people ideally that I've had a conversation with before because to bring someone in cold um, you really don't know you know from a quick pre-interview what to expect um, and, if the, yeah. and if the person has no connection to you and is not dialed in um, and just is there to plug something man those those are not going to go well and I've heard them I've heard those interviews and you can just tell that the person is just just can't wait to like get their product or their service mm-hmm. or their book pushed out and, and uh, promoted. Um, and that's really what they're there for. And you kind of see it sometimes in some of these other podcasts where you'll see this one name like blasted out through like 10 different shows. And, there's, and you can see like, oh, it's just like these actors when the movie comes out, they're going on a speaking tour and they're on, you know, they're on Jay Leno, they're on uh, The Tonight Show, they're on Jimmy Kimmel and literally they're like, yeah, my movie, my movie, my movie, my movie. And so it's like the same thing here in the podcast world. So I think what, uh, what's been helpful for me and I'm really grateful for conferences like Podcast Movement is that I got to see people in person and interestingly enough like some people that I thought I might want to interview I very quickly realized they weren't going to be a fit and I'm very happy I, I figured that out um, but on, Same here. on the positive side it was more than offset by the just tons of people that I, I had met only online and I reaffirmed you know what cool people they are or I just knew the name or some people I just met for the first time. And, and a, a lot of them, a lot of them um, were just really genuine, fun people that I 
had a fun time having a beer with, and I just knew like the minute they came on, um, it was going to be a very entertaining conversation. And uh, you're an, another shining example of that. I appreciate that, man. And, and it's true. I have actually, I've started doing a lot more research of my guests beforehand. And then I also will try and listen to interviews that they've done beforehand, read their posts, really try to understand their personality. Cause you can look at their products. You can look at all, all of that nature. But at the end of the day, if they if your personalities don't work well together, it's really, really hard to provide that value and, and get the content out of them. So like you just said, when you've got a guest coming on the same show over and over again, guarantee they're going to be promoting the same thing. What I like is when someone can, the the host can bring um, content out of them that's never been talked about before. So when I had John Dumas on my show, we all know what he does. Okay. <laughs> I, everybody yeah. knows what he does. So I didn't even talk about his podcast. Yeah. I talked about what he was like as a kid and a teenager, and I learned a ton about him and didn't even mention, I mean, he mentioned at the beginning, just to say what he did, but it was cool, man. And, and I, I definitely like doing that, but I've, I've started doing a lot more research on, and I, so a lot, I, I know a lot of people batch interviews. Yeah. I've stopped doing that. I have maybe one, maybe two in the tank just in case something goes down. Yeah. But I don't do that anymore, man. I'm spending all my time researching the guests and making sure that they're good for the show. That's fantastic. Uh, fantastic guidance. And uh, yeah, everyone handles it differently. Some people like to batch. Some people want to knock out, you know, three months worth of episodes. And I guess it's, it depends on the type of show. Um, it, I, right, it does. It's for the guest as well because, you know, you have a guest on, you're, you've worked so hard to get on the show and you're like, oh, by the way, your episode's not going to come out for three months. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. so, Needless to say, man, there's so much more we could dive into, but I want to be respectful of your time and we probably uh, need to pick up at a, a part two at, at some point for this conversation. Please. Please. <laughs> in person, no, in I, person, yeah. of course, right? Of course, dude. I You're you're in LA, right? Or are you outside of LA? LA. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, it's never hurt me when I go to LA. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people uh, on the West Coast with a lot of love for you uh, from podcast movement. So. I know, man. I, you got, I know. East Coast doesn't have anything going on over here, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm by myself. Yeah. But I, uh, man, I'll, I'll be out visiting you soon. And I, dude, I'd love to do a part two. I, what's cutting it short right now is karate. See, always getting in the nah, way. That's cool, man. But, that's cool. You can, uh, man of many talents here. So uh, I'll let you get, get to some ass kicking in a, in a couple of minutes. Just uh, let folks know what's the best place to, to keep track of. Uh, your, your mega ventures. Well, uh, you can go, well, my domain name is teenageentrepreneur.org, but no one can spell the, the word entrepreneur. Let's just, let's get that. We got to work on I'm that. Yeah. You, how many, how many E's does it have? How many R's? I don't know, man. I don't know. So go to teenpodcast.com. If you can't spell that, whatever, I, I can't give you a hard time, but <laughs> teenpodcast.com. And that is where you will find everything. I, uh, Twitter, just Jordan Agoli, but you can't spell the last name Agoli either. So teenpodcast.com, you will find everything over there, podcast, uh, episodes, blog posts, beautiful photos of me. Creative Rebellion. And, and yes, actually, actually, it's not even linked up there. Oh. I'm telling you, man, this, this is such, this is well, this so is elite. Breaking news, not, man. This is awesome. Dude, it's uh, not under, even linked well, up. Well, you know what? On, it's awesome because it's a rebellion. It's like the rebellion is underground. Dude, it is, man. Yes. And I I haven't even linked that up because, like I said, I'm getting to 10 members and that's it. Like I'm cutting yeah. it off for a few months and I may link, I may link up a post that says, sorry, you're too late. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> that would that would be funny. I've got a twisted sense of humor. But yeah, man, teenpodcast.com. And uh, my email is jordan at teenpodcast.com. And for real, if you want to email me about podcasting, business, food, or your life in general. Hanging out at the mall? No, not so much. Hanging, yeah, <laughs> hanging out at the mall. Um, if you want to learn how to pick up women, specifically older women, I know people that are good in that yes, area. So. Yes, you can refer them to, to someone else. So thanks for that tip, Jordan. That was amazing. Thanks for coming on. I had a blast. Uh, entertaining as always. And uh, it was fun hanging out with you. Fun talking to you now. And uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. 
Dude, you're the man. Seriously, thank you so much for having me on here. It was a blast. I, I had a lot of fun talking and you asked really good questions. You really do. So thanks, brother. So many inspiring things happening with Jordan and at the ripe old age of 20, he is just getting started, folks. I can't imagine what a conversation with him would be like in five years um, and what he'll be working on and what he'll have in the works. So we're going to stay friends and um, be watching each other's progress pretty closely. So um, keep tabs on what he's doing because he's flying high.